So welcome to our online viewers as well. You're welcome to what I believe is the most amazing church in this country. But I was watching my daughter, that's Jamie. She's in the middle of Jasmine and Samuel. She's probably watching, so hi, Sam, in the Australian church. And of course, that's where Mama Hannah is. She's in Australia with them this morning. And um, hello to them, welcome. Yeah, that was something else, Jamie. I was um, really touched by your, you're not a notice giver, you're an anointed notice giver. <clears throat> yeah, watch out when the mummies come walking down the road, uh, politicians. Parents are the most powerful persons on the planet. Forget about parties and parliament and politicians. When parents begin to stand up for what they truly believe is right, and what you said, Jamie, and what Anne and Hannah was doing about, hey, this has gone too far. It's far too far. I'm not interested in the lifestyle you're living. I'm just saying you need to leave our babies alone. You need to leave our children alone. And you need to leave our schools alone. Schools are for education and learning and teaching, not for indoctrinating. Not only bad doctrine, you know, whatever it might be, the substance of that, but to sexualize? Nah. I, 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 look, you don't have to have babies yet, girls, but you should be there too. I, I, I would say call out every, every mum, every grandmother, every great-grandmother, and every girl in this country should turn up to this stand. That's not a protest, it's a protection uh, group, a group of protecting the, the children's future, like you said, Jamie and, and Anne. It's right. I, I think this is a, a, major, a major battle. Who would ever thought that we'd have to be facing uh, the invasion? Well, I knew way back in early 2004 when I fronted up to Helen Clark that they were going to bring this sort of stuff into our education system. I knew they would. And I've never been opposed to the actual people who are part of a sexual orientation. I don't hate you. Neither do I think you're not a part of society. But your choices for certain activities, I believe we have a right to disagree and then also to say we don't want them to be a part of mainstream education. Is that fair? Yeah, humai to paki paki. Anyway, so that's great. Gee, I might put a wig on and some high heels. Turn up. <laughs> I'll probably, nobody would probably give a second glance. You know, they'd probably say, oh, that's good. You're non-binary. Transgender, I mean, I could easily probably do that in a whole lot. I mean, because a lot of men now want to invade women's events. Oh, I don't know, yeah. Anyway, Kane, I'm looking forward to mandate. I was going to say, if you have B-A-L-L-S, you know you're a man, get to it. You know, that's all there is to it. Okay, Father, after that horrible word I just used, I ask for forgiveness in a lot of things, actually. <laughs> But I know one thing, I will keep doing what you want me to do, and so will these people. 
We can't please you with good works. We can never be good enough. We will fail, we'll fall, and we'll flounder. But when we have the blood of Jesus and faith that pleases you, we know that we can always get up again and again and again. So today is for all of those that have been knocked down. Well, get back up. For those that have been set back, well, it's time for your comeback. Anything is possible. Do not let the weight of the world weigh you down. Today is your day to receive a dosage of faith, hope, and love. I pray that in Jesus' name right now. Amen. I want to pray down the camera today. We had a prayer in here this morning. I want to add another prayer to Jamie's powerful prayer. For all those online, anybody I'm talking to now, that you're facing dark times, you're feeling depressed, anxious, or fearful. And I know a lot of us have been through a whole lot of stuff. And I want to pray a prayer of release so that you may have something that will come into your life to be able to bring peace and hope. So Father, I pray for every person that can hear this prayer of healing. I ask God by your power and by the promise of Jesus Christ that if you put all your burdens on him, he will lift the burden off you and he will give you peace. A peace that surpasses all the understanding that's on the earth and every part of what man thinks he knows, nothing compares with the peace of Christ. I speak that now in Jesus' name on every heart and every soul. Amen. Amen. Yes. I want, I want the first uh, scripture up, please. Uh, Salute you. Acts chapter 4. I'm starting from there, verse 16. Strange place to start. It should be there somewhere. Um, oh, here it is here. Oh, I'm looking up there. Got a screen here. But when they had commanded them to go, so these are all the officials. These are the officials. They're also um, religious officials and uh, political officials. I'll just fill you in a bit. This is when the apostles and the early church exploded into the public domain, all right, got that? So this is when the first church, the first church visible exploded into the public domain. They didn't see one person now as in Jesus. They were now seeing many Jesuses and other people. <laughs> it wasn't one, it was many, say many. Say many of us. And so they were together. What I love about this is that Jesus, the lone figure, controversial, unconventional, and he was something else. What a man. What a human. What a God. The thing about this, his primary mission was that we all would get a piece of him. And when I say that, it's not getting just a fraction, it's just how much can we receive. He brings his total, whole, whole, 100% self, 
his spirit into our lives. Isn't that amazing? The transfer of all transfers, the pass on, what you have been given. And he gives it to you and me. And to make us a livable habitation in our imperfections, our mistakes, our failings, he is able to still live in me and you. That's worth a kind of like, Tomorrow, many of us are going to make mistakes. Many of us have got mistakes. Many of us can't live with the mistakes. But Christ, for that very reason, gave his blood in his life. And all that followed so he could set us free progressively to a place where one day we'll all be with him. Now, these, these, this early church, these people... What I would call the, the explosion is, is something else. And I, I, this is what I think that we kind of like are in. So at the same time that we're on our personal journeys, we also belong to a larger group of people. And sometimes when you're in the large crowd, things are lost. Huh? Because... <laughs> It's the way that God does it. He introduces us not to one person like himself, but now the apostles and 120 of them, others, explode. Then it explodes to 2,000. These figures are literally in the Bible. Then it explodes to 5,000. Now he's just, he's just counting the men. And that's why it's good and right that we have mandate next week, Cain, and for the rest of the country, wherever you go to a man up, you're not a, you're, we don't give you an invitation to come. We give you a command. Maybe Cain gave you an invitation. I'm giving you a command. So you can dislike me and love him. Right? And I'm commanding you to be here. And if it's money, how dare you say you can't get here because you haven't got money. Money is the least of your concerns right now. We will help you. I will pay for you. The people in your group will pay for you. Humble yourself and say, I haven't really, if you haven't really got a dollar, then ask for it because you need to get here so you can make your own dollars when you leave here, right? So, oh, there's that word. But when they had commanded, <laughs> I love God, he doesn't want a discussion. He just says, do this, do that, go here, go there. He's not into uh, being politically correct and public relations, PR, he just says, come, go, do this, and just goes away. He's not interested in what you're thinking. Isn't that great? I love that. And I don't feel smallerized or offended. Oh, give me some more. If only we were all like that, none of us would get offended. But they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, and they conferred among themselves. These are wrong comments. This is all the people that were in official positions who are now threatened by something coming from below them. All those saying, what shall we do with these men? Oh, that's a great question. Coming from counselors, coming from politicians, even religious leaders, and men of some notable standing and status in society were all saying, what shall we do with these men? They're not qualified. 
They are not even educated because three or four verses before, they noticed that Peter, James and John, that, that gang from down the fishing wharves, who were a bunch of loud mouths and braggarts, but none of them ever even got through to form two or whatever. It's not even the language today, I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's year two or three or four, five, six. These guys, in other words, educationally did not make it. Am I talking to somebody in this room? Put your hand, nah. <laughs> put your, no. No, 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 put your hands up if you are suspended or, no, 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 no. Oh, look at the hands. <laughs> How many were suspended and what was the other term sometimes? Expelled, that's the word. How many were expelled from school? No, oh my gosh, I have the, I've got a room full of them, everybody out there. And all those that didn't put their hands up because I'm going to get to the talking about us personally, right? Isn't that incredible? What shall we do with these men for indeed? Look, this is what I love about it. For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them. See, God can't do miracles through people who are so up themselves, who are enamored and drunk on positions and power. And everybody thinks, but that's where our power comes from. That's not the real power. It's just power that's stolen from the real people. And they get drunk on power we give them, and we don't actually know why we give it, because we have to do, get in a system where we vote them in, and then they get drunk on a power, and they don't even deserve that power, because they don't even care about the people. Because the way they're saying it, what are we going to do with these people who have come from below us, who are uneducated and untrained. This is not Brian Tamaki's word. I am giving you pure, unadulterated words from God's, his lips themselves. The crew out there that don't have it, they don't know what they're doing. They don't, these people here, they, they should not be getting this type of publicity. And they should not be rocking the uh, boat. (laughs) They should not rock the boat. The disturbance they make, you see, they want to shut them up. Though from there is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, we cannot deny it. Give me the next verse. So they cannot deny it. Isn't it amazing that when nobody believes you because you're talking truth, but nobody really takes notice of you, because you don't have some formal education, some qualification, some status, some certificates, badges. I'm not, I'm not saying go for you. Education's okay. You've got to have education. All for it. But if we think that our future and our health and prosperity lies in educated people and people who have all of the letters after their name, have we not had enough proof already in institutions in our country. For instance, our health, our health institution is right now in crisis. They can't even fit patients into the hospital. They don't have enough surgeons. They don't have enough money. They don't have enough resources. And people are on waiting lists, not for days, weeks, and months, but years. Many are dying because they simply can't get in to a very incompetent, broken down health system. 
I'm not even talking, I'm not talking about all the other stuff. I'm just saying to you that if, if these people that we think are the ones that should be leading our country, leading the, the situation here, then God has other plans. So they carry on and they say, okay, what are we going to do with these people? People who actually are doing something that's answering the problems that we couldn't give uh, solutions to. So what happens here is they are doing something that's actually getting answers that they haven't got and they're also, also doing and giving the solutions to not only the people that need it, but it's coming at pace. And it's not coming how we planned. It's not coming in conventional ways. In fact, it's very unconventional, it's unorthodox, and it's abnormal, it's not normal, and it's, not, it's extraordinary. It is supernatural as well. So it, it baffles those who are caught up in education and science. But so that it doesn't spread any further. They don't want you to be known. They don't want other people to get the gist of this thing, that if it keeps going like this, it's going to get other people to think that we are not the ones and who they're talking about, this guy Jesus of Nazareth, that he's the one. That we should change our allegiances from mere men who claim to have something by the prowess or the power of man, but this other man they proclaim in, he has God with him. I don't have to be a rocket scientist to know which one I want to choose. And if you know yourself even, trusting you sometimes you can't trust, let alone trust other people you don't know, but God has not a man that he should lie. Let us severely threaten them that they from now on speak to no man in his name. That's what it comes down to. Don't be offended and take it personally when people put you down, front you up or argue with you because it's not you they're arguing with. It is God. That name, Jesus, does a whole lot of rattling. It almost, in us, torments the demons in them. Now I'm talking a bit sort of deeper and a little bit more spiritual because it is Sunday morning. Now I want to take us on a very quick overview because our country right now needs a large dosage of agape. Agape is a Greek word to explain when God or the early church and the Christian community uses the word love. So what I said was New Zealand needs a large dosage of love. Agape love, not filio, which is another Greek term for love. So it has a couple of meanings, meaning that the love filio from man is different from agape, the love from God. The love from God is unconditional. The love from man usually is conditional. The love from man has no mercies if it's crossed. The love from God 
has unending mercy even when you do it over and over. Seven times 70. The love of God sees past a person, their color, their status, their qualifications, their breeding, their background, their whatever. Agape sees beyond that and loves you as another fellow human that's been created by God himself. You can hate me. You can rail on me. You can mock me. You can criticize me. You can hurt me. But I'll still love you. I might be your enemy, but I will not make you my enemy. I only have one enemy, and that's myself. That has been influenced by satanic power. So when we talk about this love, we have to include the other two. Faith, hope, and love. The Apostle Paul said there are three that remain in Corinthians. Just the, you know this. He says, faith will never pass. It doesn't run out of gas. It will always be here. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these three is love. That's the tempering thing. That's the difficult thing. Because I can be a great man or woman of faith, but if I don't have love as the core value in my faith, I still can come up short in what needs to happen to bring our world closer to Christ. Same with hope. Hope is a very needful aspect right now in our country. People need hope. They're desperate for it. But hope, without having the value of love at the center of it, comes up short. God is called the God of hope. He is the God of faith, but I haven't actually, I don't think I can recall in the Bible where he's actually called the God of faith. But I know he's called this, God not the God of hope, the God of faith, but God is love. Now, it's not saying he's the God of love. He, it says he is actually love. And not philia, human love, when woman and a man only have that type of intimacy love. When you fall in love, that's philia, it's not agape. Philia love can have lust in it. Agape love has none of that. So when I say to a brother, I love you, it's not philia. So it leads to two men getting more intimate or two women getting more intimate beyond the boundary of what true love has. You understand what I'm saying? So agape love, is higher than the love between a man and a woman. When you have agape love through your life, it tempers 
the possibilities of failure, human love, taking you away on a path that is perverted. So I guess in the Christian community, when you get a community together, it's powerful because all the individuality of those persons is actually put aside for a while, for a time, for a season, so that the whole of what is there is now taken up in whatever the purpose is for that group. You go to a rock concert, do you notice how hundreds of thousands even of people can pack in together, take their shirts off, sweating, banging against each other, but on a normal day down the street, two of those people can be having combats and conflict because somebody's dog pooed on the other person's lawn. But when they're in the big concert now, they're with the same people, that's put aside. And everybody's there focused on the music and they're gonna have a good time, whatever, however that takes, that, what shape that takes. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just giving you an idea of this. So all the individuality, all that person, I mean a person could have all the problems in the world, they could have been thinking about suicide before that went, but that's all drowned out in the crowd. Of the moment, everybody's caught up in the euphoria of a big group. That's why there's power, power in large movements. But it doesn't mean to say that, that they're in total unity, that they are all perfect, or they're without any problems. Probably what they may be going to is something that they might even believe. They might even be a uh, have any interest in it. It's just that they're caught up in the moment of the power of a mob, a crowd, a group. Are you with me? If you take that group and you take it down to size, say like your man-up size groups and, le and legacy, which is for women, you break it down to that group and suddenly the power of a crowd right, is, is now lost and say in a group of five to 10, a new dynamic takes place. People feel now that they have some sort of intimacy and closeness with a smaller group as long as they work in the trust, they know the kopapa or the schedule, the plan of that group, then they begin to find out by first feeling before hearing. Get what I'm saying? I said something powerful. Most of them, judge, even if they don't know it, by feel before what they hear or taught. You know the old saying, it's caught mostly before it's taught. You can walk into a room and make a, an assessment without being taught any knowledge about it, but have a gut feeling of intuition that this thing is not good. This thing is interesting, it's great. I feel at home here. I don't feel at home. I don't like the feeling, it feels violent or it feels strange, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that then gives a, a measure of trust for people to open up, be included, and now they'll share on a semi-intimate level. Most times you'll find, when you get to that point, there, are, there is a gate that still can stay closed and hold your deeper secrets, even in a small group. And so you'll find that there's another level yet. It's a level where you are all alone with you. 
And you know I'm telling the truth that you can be alone with you and you, you're a good part of a small group. Say a man up a legacy, but I have not shared everything. I have not delved deep into some of my deeper thoughts or things that I've still put away there. And that's not saying that you're doing wrong or you're sinning. I'm just giving you understanding of how we can better be ready for what God wants to do in this vital season we're in now for all of us. So how, so how did we see this? So we, we see now that these, they exploded on the scene. You'll see that that church, in the, the Acts chapter 4, verse 44, I think it is, or no, it might be, yeah, I think it is 44, chapter 2, verse 44. You'll see that that church were actually uh, a big, large movement. It grew quick. So it went from, went from uh, well, 12 of the apostles. Then they had an upstairs revival meeting. They had another 120 key people came in, and boom, they were up in the upper room. You know, something energized there. But when they went downstairs, the Holy Ghost came on them. Now this group got dynamically empowered and the, and the energy was incredible. They lost all you know, connection to past and even into the present. These people were infused. They had an insane potency to their prayer which allowed a unique boldness to invade their prayer meetings. And so their prayer meetings now were the, were the basis of a group of people changing gear. But they still had their small groups so that there was the apostles' teachings, there was the breaking of bread, and there was the, that communal uh, strengthening with the small groups to keep the glue together so that when they went out as a movement, they had better power and purpose Defined and very accurate. One of the things that Destiny Church, I believe, has, has been highlighted in the last three weeks or a month, just about, a month of mopping up things, and the devastation of the Hawke's Bay, which you all know about, Cyclone Gabriel smacked the country around. This, this cyclone was a person. There we go. You're in the paper again. <laughs> it, it, it had personality. It came from thousands of k's away and it had a destructive aim to get to its target. Hello, it was us. <laughs> you had the bullseye on you whether you liked it or not because I want to read you something before I go a bit further. Is that Okay. So one of my favorite scriptures that Hannah and I, and Hannah, you're listening now, you need to sing it so it can come through. you all heard us sing it before. That's a little song. I think we can jazz it up sometime. Before I give it to you, the scripture, this, is, this little prophet Nahum is an unknown prophet. How, how many have read Nahum in the last, don't you lie now, in the, in the last year? I haven't. I've, I've got, I, I could quote it in my head and it comes a lot. But how many of us have read it in the last year? Nahum. Not one single hand. I thank you for your honesty. Boy, that person who put their hand up would have been in trouble. <laughs> so Nahum is only a little wee small book 
pushed into the, between probably what's known as Jonah. You read that and you're all like going to Habakkuk and Hosea. You know, this is the last day, the glory of this house. So we go to Nahum, we go, Lord, that's a nothing little book. But that little book is probably more expressive to what's actually happening now. Some people are saying, I can hear you. What, Nahum, is that in the Bible? Sorry, I just heard a lot of thoughts come. Um, and that, that little prophet, his name actually means full of comfort. <laughs> you want to read the book though. <laughs> Sorry. His name means comfort. Nahum means comfort. Oh, he's full of comfort. But this fellow, he gets straight up and he says, you, you test the patience of God and his patience does run out. Hey, you like this guy. He's long-suffering, but he will also judge you if you take for granted his love and his care and his patience. And I'll tell you right now, this God that you, I'm talking about, he's in control of all things on the earth, even the weather. So look, I'll read this to you. God is jealous and the Lord avenges, the Lord avenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance. I've just given you a love little thing before to help this go. So I gave you some medicine to help, the, well, help the medicine go down. I gave you a lolly. God is jealous and the Lord avenges. The Lord avenges and he is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. Right, next verse. So what, what you say is he's slow to anger. He's great in power. So he's slow, he doesn't want to. But I see people out there and continually just disregards him. And now they're proactively against him. I, I sometimes, I think, is this like Isaiah said, Lord, all day long I hold my hand out to a rebellious people and you're telling me to keep preaching to them. Poor prophets, Jeremiah was the same. Lord, I'm tired of getting eggs thrown at my face and rotten tomatoes and put in stocks. They ripped my trousers and pants off and my undies and I was left naked in the church, uh, the town square all day long. Hey, hey, hey. Paul said the same, Apostle Paul. He said, all day, Lord, I, I wear the scum of the earth. That's the word he uses, the exact, he writes in Corinthians, he said, us apostles, we're the scum of the earth. And I was, I read that and I read it, you know, I said, yeah, I know. And then he goes through a list of all of the, that we are, the, you know, tread on and wasted and mocked and I thought, cheapest I'm in the wrong job. But I had no choice about it. And if I could still get out of it, a human side says I would. I even make it hard for him to get me back on because I blow it. I make mistakes. I'm not quite getting it all together. But he still comes back and wakes me up and says, get up, boy. Time for you to go and protest. Time for you to go and visit these people. Time for you to say this out in public. And I say, oh, no. Choose Dave, choose Sonny, choose Johnny, choose Talar. Go, go and get Kaiwi, he likes it, you know. What about today? He wants to do, get, just get, get, there's plenty of power. No, he said, no, 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 you. You. Anybody felt like that? Oh, no, okay. All right, let me talk about loneliness. 
But here it is. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and the storm. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind. That's tornadoes, hurricanes, gusts of wind. He has his way in it. So he's, he's in it. And the storm, all storms. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. I, you see clouds in a different way from here on in. When you see a cloudy day, you're not saying that's a lot of dust. When it's really cloudy, that means God is really kicking his feet up. And we say, oh, it's a horrible cloudy day. Where's the sun? Well, God must be either walking around a bit and pacing, or he's like an old bull. And you can say to the other neighbor, watch out. Somewhere, somewhere in the world's doing something he's getting a bit upset about. And they keep doing, keep doing, keep doing, and not listening. The clouds are the dust of his feet. Other times, he's just going for a run. God is striding out through the universe. Can you imagine him? Every step is a million kilometers. A million Ks covered. Another million Ks covered. Okay. You're not in my, okay. Well, you know God's great. He's awesome. He can extend his arms and suddenly he's gone outside the black hole they call of the universe that no astronomer and those powerful, you know, mega telescopes have yet to find. They can't. But God puts his hand outside it. It has gone beyond the universe of universes. Solomon says, for God cannot be contained. For the universe or the whole world cannot contain him. The universe is in him. He's not in the universe. He's that big. He's that large. He's that mighty. He's gone ahead. I'm still fizzing on the dust, the clouds of the dust of his feet. The mountains quake before him. I, I could not imagine, I have not been a part or experienced yet an earthquake. True. If I was in a locality where there was one and the neighbour said, you feel that? And I said, no. I don't know. I haven't felt one yet. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine the absolute fear if this whole building started to go like this. Most of us would run, forget this, forget God, wouldn't you? Nah, I'm joking. Of course we wouldn't stand here and say, oh, I know what this is about. God's just moving some furniture in his house. The mountains. I went past Rupehu on my way home from Hastings the other day, and I looked at that imposing huge bit of granite, and I thought at any time that could explode its top. Only God knows. He could just put his toe down and give it a flick, and it would In the depths of the earth, which are miles to the center, where the earth is a boiling cauldron, the, the heat cannot be measured. And if you didn't know a bit of geography, I, don't know, I know one thing, that the earth is a molten heat because we're spinning so fast this, the, and the, 
axis that we're on is a little bit off center, so it spins, I don't quite know the degrees, I should though, can't remember it. But in the center of it is a place where it's as hot as hell. And it is. It's a place where God keeps departed spirits that have refused to honor him, worship him, and accept him. And they wait in that department of hell because that's where Jesus went and he died. He first went to the center of the earth, the Bible says, to preach good news to the old saints that were locked away because heaven haven't yet been purged with his blood. So they couldn't enter. Once the purge of the blood was taken by him to the Father and the blood, perfect blood never congeals. Our blood congeals, you notice it? As soon as you cut yourself, it goes, it'll try and close the wound. It's because our blood has got impurities in it. Christ had no impurities in his blood. It just keeps flowing. He took his blood to the throne of God and forever speaks. This is Hebrews now. And it forever speaks about you being all right. Your name is in the book of life if you receive Christ. So your name then is quickly tele-communicated to the throne room of the scrolls. The angels will read out when you first die. That's where you go. Got to have your name there. When your name is found, you don't mind me doing this? So your name is known to the Father himself and Christ as you appear before the throne or the judgment seat of Jesus. Not for hell or heaven, that's done before you. You know straight away you're done and the judgment goes and you're led off to hell itself where forever the torment and the burning. That's why the middle of the earth was made like that. Of course, other reasons, but it held captive those who, against their will till heaven was purged, but now they're there. All the prophets of old spend time there. A separate department though. And the others were screaming and squealing in the burning hellfire. Don't take that out of context, please. In the context of what this is saying, it's a real place. Jesus refers to it and said, even if I came back now and walked the streets of Auckland and down your neighborhood, he said this, they still would not believe me. And so even now, Abraham cries from the center of the earth as wanting relief from the heat. Well, they are now, of course. So I'm telling you this because do you know how, your, how big your God is? How awesome and how large he is? My God is big. And the hills melt and the earth heaves at his presence. The world and all who dwell in it. Look at this beautiful next verse. Six, uh, six or seven and eight. Or the next verse that follows. But... The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, right? And he knows those who trust in him. So in the middle of this judgment, by storm, by floods, and the next word comes actually that he floods those places where wickedness abounds. But then he says, the Lord is good, a stronghold of day of trouble. He knows them. They put their trust in him. Isn't that good? I want to pray a prayer right now in the middle of this. I want to stop. I want to pray with you 
Does the Lord know you? And the Lord knows them. I want to know that you know the depth of my heart, Lord. If you're asking that, if your answer is simply, no, well, I, no, I don't believe. But listen, before you, you go, or you tell somebody else or a friend, the Lord will know you personally, even the slightest whisper in your heart to say, Lord, I want you to know me when I go beyond this world into the unknown other side. I want to be known by you. If I'm known by you, I will never be lost in eternity. Never to be lost. If he knows you, he will call your name. Soon as you pass from your body, he will know your name when you call out from amongst seven billion people. Now, isn't that some intimacy? And the Lord knows them. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, not only in this room and rooms across the country, but for every person that hears this message, you have to understand that death is not a horrible event. It's not an unknown event. It simply releases you into the presence of God. But will he know you? Nahum the prophet says, but the Lord is good. If storms and whirlwinds and earthquakes and volcanoes, eruptions, floods, pestilences and plagues, famines, hailstones and whatever else Mother Nature decides to chuck at us, let me tell you this, God is in the whirlwind and the storm. He knows. He has his reasons. I am not questioning the why. He knows. You don't know what's happening somewhere. I do know though, I cannot forget the flood of Noah and the reasons are good enough for me to trust God, but he knows them that puts their trust in him. How many of you want to trust God today? How many of you want to be known? I mean, your, your name, just you, your precious name in the middle of eternity where there are trillions and multiple billions upon quintillions of souls and spirits, he's going to call your name. I don't want to be lost in the crowd. The very throne of God himself and the mouth of God would say your name. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, my name will be known in all eternity. Your promises that you know them, they trust in you. And you are a stronghold in the time of trouble. So right now, with every person, know my name, Lord. I trust Jesus. I thank you as I receive you now. And it may be your first time. You may be coming back to Christ. Or here in this room, you've never done it before. Well... Ask Christ now into your heart. Say this, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I trust you. May my name be known in all eternity. And I will hear my name when you call me straight after my death. The tonguey hasn't even started. The funeral is still getting planned. And I will hear your voice welcome me into eternity by hearing my 
name. He knows them. Thank you, Lord, you know me today. I am known. And you are my stronghold. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody say amen and let's clap and give the Lord a great hand. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. If you've done that, I'm going to tell you right now, if you've done that, I want you to get a hold of one of us, get a hold of the church, get a hold of the man up, come to somebody or ring a friend or get on Facebook, 0800 man up and legacy and we will get in touch with you. Can I just have another five minutes? Is that all right? Have five minutes and we're gone. Truly, Jamie, my daughter, yell out like mum, give me the look of mum. I want to just finish with this. Some of you don't know, but there's a little video clip going around about with me after a very hot day of working. <laughs> and they asked me to come in and do a devotion. Um, Auckland ministers and uh, part of many others that do it as well. They do auto cues, but I'm not an auto cue person. I mean, it's hard enough to read the scriptures on auto cue. So I said to them, they said to him, did you bring your um, auto cue and Brian? We didn't get it for email, so you just gotta, it's got to be written out, and then they go through it, have a look, put it up, and then it's on script. I said, um, no, I didn't, sorry, I didn't see the email, because I, I'm not used to auto script. I'm used to um, <laughs> being an impromptu, compulsive, <laughs> a speaker from the heart. And they, so what I did on the way here is I realized that I didn't follow the rules, so I quickly put one on my note-taking and I did it in the car while Hannah was driving me. And she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just putting my message together. I said, oh, okay. Then we zoom, turned it off. So they got it, but I still didn't run with it all. <laughs> this is my wife. It's next to me, and she said, you know, Brian, they gave you the, I, I was given the text. And there was one about that, uh, the young girl that died. Um, Jairus, his daughter. So I was given the script. So that, what I want to say is I included a, an event that happened between me and Jasmine, my daughter, my eldest daughter, only a week before, I think. When, when Jasmine has been fighting breast cancer, as you, as you all know, and she's really come up on top and many times overcome it, being through chemotherapy, taking all of that stuff that goes with it, losing a breast, and um, I, she just was occasion when she said, oh, Dad, I'd love for you to come and see me, and I did. And exactly what I said on the text, the moment where I felt that a father's a father's strength, his prayer, his concern, and his love is so crucial, not only just for your sons and daughters when they are still young and under your care, but when they grow up as adults. To have your adult children still come Excuse me. <clears throat> Big swallow. And to say, 
I need you, Dad. What a word. Can I tell every man, husband, young person, young men, elderly, senior, what a role God has given us as fathers. A father's love, agape love, is the most powerful healing for our daughters and our sons, not when they're just kids, but when they are 40, 50, and 60 years old. Even fathers and mothers of generations want a father and a mother still. It was a beautiful thing. And the thing I come up with is said, the most powerful thing you possess, Jasmine, that I can give you, of course, Christ is the healer. But so is your own voice speaking to yourself. I said, your words are very powerful to yourself. Speak well. Stop talking talk that's astray, negative, or has lost all hope. And that's not a rebuke. That is just how we go. That's an emotion. You know, we throw our hands up. We all do it. <clears throat> I do too. But then I realize my body <clears throat> has no ears for any other voice, really. Because my body is my body, like they say. Yes, it is. So what you say to your body is critical. And I said, speak healing. There is healing in your inner voice to your body. It responds very well. It's just as much as medicines, prescriptions, and even a surgeon's scalpel. Your voice was made to heal you. Because it now has the word of Christ in those words. It's word on top of words of negativity. Words on top of words that give you a doom sentence. You've only got five weeks to live, but your other voice should rise up if it's strong enough and say, I'll adjust that to five years or 50 years. Or altogether, I say, in your voice inside, you don't have to hear it, but you're saying it, say, no, that's not going to happen. I will live on. Oh boy, everything turns in your body. Every cell gathers its resources together and say, we've had a command from control center. We are not giving up yet. Way they go. You don't know how I'm feeling inside. I've got bad news, and all I get is bad news all the time. And my mother, my brother, my sister, my uncle, and that I've been cut off. I'm astray. I've, I've done things wrong. I can't. I don't know what to do. Then you change your speech and say, "Well, hold on a moment. I have faith, hope, and love." And inside the body says, "Oh, let's stand up and fight for what's the." The word from control center is this. That's a great thing. You've got to put words on top of other bad words. Put your good words, God's word, on top of Satan's words. The devil said, if you got the sort of power, then turn those stones into bread. And Jesus says, thou shalt not what tempt the Lord thy God. He put his words and trump the words of the deceiver. You've got to find the words inside your spirit 
that will speak to the words in your head that keep chattering all day to you. Just the same. Sometimes you need to say quietly, just say, shut up. I want to hear the other voice from the Spirit. And that voice will say, this is what you're to do. Nahum, take great comfort in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. All right, let's stand up, and we? We'll go for lunch, eh? How's that? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this is the day you have made. I am rejoicing in it. Now we head out to lunch. We head out to a, a better day. A great week is coming. I'm off to Hastings after my um, Apostles Academy on Monday. I'm going down to Hastings and I'm going to be joining the team. It's more than just shoveling silt. It's bringing hope, faith, love. It's talking to the team. It's talking about our plans. It's talking about mandate next Saturday. It's talking about now. Here is the community of love, faith and hope that's now been unleashed on the public. Wow. I say Man Up should go full-time as a relief service. I mean, next disaster comes, I know we can say, here we come, and the people down the town will be saying, come Man Up, come please. Help, help, Man Up. 0801 Man Up Legacy. It's really calling for a quality and class of people who are carrying the agape love of God. Isn't this beautiful? I reckon we're onto something. Lord, while we're giving, while my people are serving, while they are sacrificing days, work, time, energy, travel, it's been a long way too because of the flood, but they're all good. Could you please just sneak up behind my people and lay some big fat blessings on them? <laughs> you know, like, like, like whatever they need, they're gonna get in their house and in their lap in their bank, in their hands, in their kids, in their home, whatever, Lord. Can you please sneak up on every single destiny I people that's a member of this movement who've given so much and bless them, please. And keep us together because the enemy without is already defeated. But I am concerned about the enemy within my camp. I'm not gonna be taken down by anything on the outside it's going to come from the inside, from you, me, and your neighbour. Look at your neighbour and say, don't do it. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Everybody say, I love, I love Jesus. Jesus. Say it again. I love, I love Jesus. Jesus. One more time. I love, I love Jesus. 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 He is Lord. Amen. God bless you. See you later.